Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. I'm, I'm sure you were waiting to hear Angie's voice just now. And no, you got Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life. How you doing today? I'm just excited. The weather is beautiful. It's not as hot as it was. You know what? On Sunday here in the Denver Metro, producer David, <laughs> I went to this. Um, no, it was Saturday. I went to this um, um, book writers group. OK, it's called Sync Sisters in Crime. And when I was driving home, my car registered 104 degrees. I was like, oh, oh Lord. <laughs> it was hot on Saturday. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, I was praying. I said, God, are you still here in the Denver Metro? Because it's just too hot for you to be here. <laughs> yeah, we went down to Littleton Street Fair thing, um, uh -huh. the Littleton Block Party. How was that? It was fun, except there were so many people. It was like yeah. elbow to elbow yeah. all the way down that whole street. So other oh, wow. than the fact that it was way too crowded, Plus, it was 100 degrees outside. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, but it was cool. There was some really cool acts and all the little bands and the yeah. little shops and stuff. So. Oh, that's cool. I, I had seen it advertised, but I just didn't have the time to go to it. It's, how long does that go on? It's just I, that I one thought weekend? it was just that day or just okay. the weekend. Okay. All right. I've got to get to those some of those things this year <laughs> because I never, I very rarely go. You know, yeah, I don't I mean, I don't like being in crowds, so I yeah. I skip it, but I don't want my kids to miss out on all that. I hear you. I understand. But, you know, I, I got home on Saturday and my husband, he comes to the door to welcome me home. And and I walk in the house and it's like an oven. And I said. Is something wrong? And he said, what do you mean? I said, the air conditioner's not on. <laughs> he says, well, I was fine. I said, baby, how long we've been married? He said, 26 years. I said, OK. In those 26 years, what is my break point for heat? And he said, 89 degrees. I said, it's more than 89 degrees. I was hot. <laughs> That's hot in the house, though. 89 is hot. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And so we hurried up and, and turned on the air conditioner and stuff. And, and I tell you, it's just been, ooh-wee, it's just been hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Hot, hot, hot here in the Denver Metro. But I think today we have a respite because it's only going to be like 79 degrees today. It's going to be perfect out there today. Yes, it it's is. supposed to be just nice and breezy and outside, sit outside type of day. Yes, absolutely. And I think I'll do that after I take my nap when I get home today. I'm just saying because um, producer David and I already discussed he's going to take a nap before he goes and picks his kids up. Today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he can keep his daddy sanity. And I understand that. You need um, naps sometimes. Yes, you do. Yes. Yes, you do. And I was just telling him, we've got Doug and Leslie in the, in the studio. Hey, y'all, how you doing? So doing good. Good. Doing good. You're looking great. You know what? Y'all just a, a wonderful looking couple. Y'all just beautiful we're people. Just gonna, we're just going to hang out with you so much more. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> because, you know, when you start hanging out with people that look good, put your headphones on. When you start hanging out with people that look good, that's all right. Let's see, Leslie, I see you laughing at your husband, girl. Well, but it's all right. You, I laugh at my husband we, all we the time. We walked into the wrong building today, so my leader husband was doing a beautiful job of leading the pack. <laughs> that's all right. But he led you right on back over here, didn't he? That's right. That's what I'm talking about. That's all right. But, you know, um, hanging out with beautiful people, it creates a sense of beauty 
inside a person mm. is and, and you know it has to just think about it yeah okay the, you, the, leslie and doug are our marriage counselors relationship counselors mm -hmm. if one of the people in the relationship is just a, a negative ned all mm. the time and and always you know d talking down to the spouse and what have you isn't that going to bring that person down well, it's toxic. Yes. It's toxic. And yes. you can still try to be light, but really that pull of negativity can really just quell and dampen the whole experience for everybody. And that person wow. needs to get help yeah. if that's a constant Absolutely. state. Yeah. Yeah. We I often talk we often talk about what kind of energy do you have in your marriage? If somebody that doesn't know you came and lived with you for a couple of weeks and had to mm -hmm. define the vibe in your home. Mm -hmm. Right. Would it be joy, positivity, right. negativity? What would it be? And mm -hmm. couples need to focus in on that and work on that. And individuals need to say, can I bring joy into this marriage? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, let me ask a question. Okay. When your kids start doing divisive things in a marriage, okay, what does that do between to the relationship between the spouses, the husband and wife? Well, I think that's an interesting question because I immediately thought, you know, because we have a 17-year-old okay. who doesn't do that. So I started to think about, well, what ages tend to do that? And that's kind of the mm. littler people, right? Or those that realize at some point that they can have their way with one parent and maybe mm -hmm. not the other. And so they're really mm -hmm. just learning the system and how to navigate right, it. Right, right, right. And so if those parents aren't aligned... Mm, and attuned with each other uh -huh. and a united front, then any child could get in there and, and try to manipulate. Well, I'd have to correct something okay. in that, though. The teenagers are masterfully <laughs> competent at that, too. <laughs> so it's not just yeah. the yeah, Maybe kids. I'm just missing it because he's so swift. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe yeah so. I hear you. Well, you know, when I look back, uh, when my husband and I first got married uh, back in 91, and his, his sons my sons now, his sons came to live with us. Mm. There were certain things that would happen when the youngest son talked to his biological mother on the phone. Mm. And he would just, um, she would tell him things that would just push buttons with me. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, she really pushed some serious buttons. And he, of course, he was seven years old. Mm. He didn't know what he was doing. Sure. So if she told him, well, she doesn't love you. She'll never oh. love you. She she's not right for you. She shouldn't be with your dad, you know, and he would come back and he would act this stuff out. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And of course, of course I'd look at my husband. He was still in the military at the time and I'd look at my husband like, look at him. I don't need you and I don't need your children. And that's what was I was a sure. baby baby Christian. Sure. And yeah. I was just I was not equipped for that because I had never faced the, the stepchild mm -hmm. syndrome thing. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. And and I see so many uh, different people, so many couples with the blended families now. We're a blended family. Okay. Yeah. So you, you understand <laughs> what I'm talking about then. We have a thirty five year old and three grandkids and I have oh, well. been with my stepson since he was 11. Okay. And okay. so all of that that you have to negotiate, you know, mm -hmm. to blend a family over time is no small task right. at all. Right. Because of those devotions and alliances that a child has with his mother mm -hmm. and then feeling like he might be betraying her if he was going to take up a new mom. Yes. And the, bottom line, everybody can love everybody. Like That's there's right. just more love to give for that child if everybody positions them in understanding that. Nobody right. could have two many moms that's right you're right yeah, about you know? that
That's very if true. If they're loving people who understand what it's about, which is to love the kid and raise them up. Amen. And everyone plays a role. But some Amen. parents have an agenda to put the kids in, in the middle as a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how it, it gets very toxic. And, and some, some don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the things in, in divorce that's the most destructive is whether or not that happens. Mm. Because if it doesn't, and mom and dad, even though divorced, uh, still care about each other and right. treat each other well, then the traumatic piece of the divorce isn't nearly what it is when the kids are a pawn. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Very, very different. Right. Yeah. And I've seen those couples that they co-parent after yes. divorce. And yes. I mean, it's such a beautiful sight. It mm-hmm. is. It really is because mm-hmm. these are two parents that although they didn't feel about each other the way that they did when they were first mm-hmm. seeing each other, they love that child. Yes. Yeah. And they're going to do whatever they have to do mm-hmm. for that child mm-hmm. to make sure that that child is brought up in a, a, a an atmosphere of love and, and peace and harmony. Yeah, you know? and I think there's a maturity in the adult to say, I can still be civil yes. and decent yes. and respectful yes. to my ex. Yes. It's possible. Yes, it really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And so when you um, counsel families like that, how do you... How do you counsel them in keeping the flame going, even mm. though there's turmoil? Well, we argue, you know, vociferously, actually. <laughs> <That's> a big <laughs> yeah. word, vociferously. Yes. Yes. We argue a lot okay. that, uh, you know, everything starts with the marriage. Okay. Uh, it's it's got to be the strength of the marriage that influences the kids, the atmosphere in the home. Mm-hmm. And if you don't prioritize the marriage and how you're loving one another, uh, everything goes uh, to, to heck in a handbasket. Yes, <laughs> to say yes. The least. So we really coach couples on, you know, how do you love each other? How do you sustain it? Even though there's kids that take energy and time and love, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Don't forget your love. Right. Make it the priority, and your kids will do nothing but benefit from it. Yeah, and that's, that's just good. not anything we're taught. We think that we're going to get married, and all the flame is just going to stay alive, and then all of a sudden we're real people, <laughs> and there's complacency, mm-hmm. and, it, and it can die. Absolutely. And no one tells us it can die. We think it's just going to stay there. And yes. so no one tells us we have to create it and proactively go after prioritizing each other and loving each other every day. And that you got to keep at it. You know, you, you both have said one word. Uh, I think it's a key word for anybody's marriage, and that's prioritizing. Yes. Because if you don't take time to to prioritize each other mm-hmm. and put each other first and say, you know, I, I've spent all this time with the kids this week, baby, let's go somewhere. Yes. Let's just, let's just go. Let's ride out to, I told my husband um, last weekend, I said, let's go out to that flea market place out there on mm-hmm. 88th, mm-hmm. you know, and let's just go out there and chill out. And, and we both love the, um, the turkey legs, the smoked turkey legs. <laughs> and I mean, I just love that stuff. And so we got a turkey leg. We got um, the, grilled corn that they do out there and then uh we got some other things but we just spent time together Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. see his his, um his mother and his sister live with us Mm -hmm. and i I love my in-laws i do i I call them my mother in love and my sister in love Mm -hmm. but there's certain times that i just want to see him i don't want to see anybody else and our two daughters live in the basement Mm -hmm. i don't want to see them that's right i want to see my husband yeah because he's the one Till death do us part. That's right. Now, my children, I'll kill y'all, okay? <laughs> I'm just, I don't even have to wait, okay? I'll just go ahead and kill y'all because y'all getting on my last nerve. And I, 
<laughs> yes, this is Christian broadcasting at its finest. I'm just being honest and transparent with folks because some of y'all that's listening today, y'all know good and doggone well that if your kids step on your your toe one more time, you're going to slap Absolutely. that child and you, you just going to go right on to prison, call 911 and say, come and get me. I'm putting my hands in front of me. Go ahead and put the cuffs on me. <laughs> hey, if you're just joining us, this is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. I'm sitting in for Angie Austin today and Angie Austin and friends, and I've got my good friends Doug and and Leslie here, we're talking about relationships and how to keep the flame going, how to prioritize, because I know some of y'all, y'all been married for umpteen years. Y'all been married since Hitler was a corporal, okay? And and <laughs> there have been times when you look at each other and it's like, I don't want to be married to you anymore. But wait, wait, don't just wait. Hold on. We got help for you. We've got people that actually love being married to each other. Now, I didn't say they liked each other all the time, mm -hmm. okay? Because there's a big difference between liking someone and loving someone. Mm -hmm. It really is, and a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's the truth because that's how we operate. Mm -hmm. But if you've hit a place in your marriage, maybe you want, might want to think about prioritizing each other and just taking a little time away from all the hubbub, all the, the stuff that's going on in your family, and just get away and just talk with each other, look at each other. Yes. I like that you identified the word prioritize, and sometimes with couples, I'll find words that they can hang their hat on. Mm -hmm. So I say if you use the word priority or prioritizing one another, mm -hmm. it means something. You have to do something with the word. It has action associated with it. It has behaviors. And they, if they can just be mindful yes. of that word during the week, then mm -hmm. certain things can happen that are really mm -hmm. positive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, when you were talking, Beatrice, I was thinking of that couple who's like, but I don't like the time that we spend together. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what drops out of <laughs> those times is pleasure and fun and connection. They think, well, we're just going to go out and it's going to be negative and we're going to gripe about our situations. And being able to set aside all of the stuff that's not right, mm -hmm. to have mm -hmm. a moment, a bubble experience with each other where it's about positive things, right. where even if you can't be fun with each other, go do something fun right. Right. that will help you lighten up and have a little life about you. So Leslie, are you saying that it's not necessarily an easy thing to do? Are you? Is that what you're saying? It is not an easy thing to do. And a lot of times couples who are struggling, uh, the fun has dropped out. The pleasure has dropped out. The play, the silliness, the childlike behavior that you brought mm -hmm. in the early days. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. brought your best self in the early days. That's right. And then where'd she go? And yes. where did he go? Yes. You know, he got lost in the responsibilities of life, perhaps. Okay. And his fun, exciting best self is not activated. And so to really kind of find those parts of yourself again that are fun. Okay. I think it's interesting that we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, Go ahead. The next segment in the show mm -hmm. is with these really incredible guys called the Ula guys. <laughs> and their whole, they're going, <laughs> so these guys are crazy. I, I've been talking to them over the phone. Um, I'm excited to meet them. <clears throat> but they uh, are driving all the way across the United States as a 1970s VW bus. Oh, wow. And basically everywhere they go, they're teaching everyone how to live the ULA life so that you can kind of prioritize the things you need to prioritize. And then that way it's like it leads to when you're living the ULA life, you're more than happy. The happiness kind of just happens 
when you live this ula life where you just you prioritize all these things in your life and you balance everything but everyone makes a wish this this bus is really cool they take these little stickers mm -hmm. you write your wish on it okay. and some people want to live like with a donkey in the middle of wyoming some people want to be like the president of a CEO or a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Some people want to be uh, Christian talk radio hosts. Okay. Um, but you, people write that down and then stick it on the on the van. And I was looking at the pictures. It's like three inches thick. Like you can push wow. the stickers in. Oh They, wow. they want to get a million stickers on this bus. Anyway, you guys were just talking about that. I just thought I'd mention everybody. Stick when did they come the into Denver? They're today. They're here today. <clears throat> oh wow. The dream okay. van. It sounds like the dream van. Yeah, really. Van. I need to get that. I need to put my little sticker on there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. But, uh, producer David, I want to ask you a question. You're the youngest married person here. Sure, okay. sure. How do you prioritize in your marriage? You've got two little ones. Yeah, sometimes it can be difficult that we we ended up paying attention to the kids a little bit more, especially since they're so young. My one son's not going to be, he's going to be two next weekend. Aww. They, bring, um, they, bring, they can bring the fun in moments. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I mean, and th don't get me wrong. We do. Yesterday we were running around and we were playing uh, this tackle game with this little Nerf football that we like to play. And that's really fun. We all get to do it. But um, one thing I think we're really good at is making sure. I mean, we've been doing this since we were dating or whatever. Mm -hmm. You just make sure that we're going to take a little part of every day and okay. then major parts of some days dedicate to each other right basically okay. and so you know we go i don't really like going to the movies or stuff like that just because we're not i mean i do like movies mm -hmm. but i don't like going to spend time with her because she's sitting next to me not we're not talking to each other you right. know what i mean right same problem with bowling it, everyone's always going and see now <laughs> for me for movies my husband i like going to movie tavern because they have the recliner chairs and what <laughs> have you so we get to eat a meal and then we can watch the movie in the recliner well guess what i like to do I take my blanket with me. I do because I know at some point I'm going to nod off for about five minutes. And he understands that. Yeah. And he's like, baby, did you get your nap? And I say, yeah, it was good. But what did I miss? You know, and he's like, well, you didn't miss much. It was, you know, it was this, that, and the other. And so, but we prioritize that time in there. Yeah. Just to go. Yeah. Into that. Well, you know, Dave was saying that too, that taking of the time. Yes. And prioritizing and making sure. Absolutely. You've got to carve it out. Absolutely. And we didn't, you know, you, you really wanted to carve it out when you were in the romantic dating stages, but then you got to choose that's to right. carve it out later. That's but right. that's what I always tell her. Uh, you can't have time unless you take time. That's, I tell my wife that's that right. all the time. That's so. right. That's a great line. That's very true. Yeah. I think, too, it's important to look in the mirror and say, am, as a man, am I a man who prioritizes? Do I know how to do that? Do I, is that in my DNA? Is, or is that something I need to pray about and grow in and learn? And you know, I think it's really sometimes this is stuff that we got to look at ourselves and say, right how good do I, am I at doing that? And do I do it? And if not, I mean, what stops me? Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Hey, this is this has been fun, and it's the time is already gone. Oh, well. Tell tell our listeners how they can get in touch with y'all. Authenticandtrue.com is our website, and there's so many resources that are free and available just to grow on there. So it's really the hub of all things us. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. And I, I just you know I I. I I want to encourage somebody today. Mm -hmm. If you're having problems with your marriage, if you're even wondering, why am I staying married to this person? Don't walk out the door yet. Okay. Right, because God has placed people with his heart in a position that they can talk to you. They can counsel you. They can encourage you. And, and you've got the, the, the website, authenticandtrue.com. Contact Doug and Leslie. Let them know what's going on in your life. 
go in and talk to them mm. and so that so that they can guide you don't give up hope don't please up don't hope. do that mm, no. what's what's one of the main reasons we shouldn't give up hope in a marriage because god is still at work oh that was it right there <laughs> god is still at work praise the lord hey y'all this has been beatrice bruno the drill sergeant of life sitting up here talking with doug and leslie and producer david today and look this is the good news there's still hope for your marriage right. so god bless y'all we love y'all with the love of jesus and we'll see you next time bye-bye mm -hmm. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. I want to tell you about Caitlin. She's seven and she lost her mom to cancer. And we have Adam Katz on the line. And Adam has an idea of how we could help her. For $65, we can sponsor Caitlin for a session of equine therapy. And now Caitlin lost her mom, Adam. And with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation, you help kids like Caitlin. Tell us how it's helping her. She loves the equine therapy. You know, she always comes into the ranch very quiet. But as soon as she sees her horse, she just lights up. And for that hour, she has no cares in the world. Such I love a it. Beautiful thing to see. So for just $65, uh, we can sponsor Caitlin for one of these sessions where she gets to ride a horse and uh, work through her loss. Again, at just seven years old, she lost her mom to uh, breast cancer. The Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation helps these kids be kids. Adam Katz is my friend. I highly recommend this charity. And if you'd like to sponsor Caitlin, give Adam a call. 720-530-9482. 720-530-9482. And that is DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Thank you. Adam. Thank you, Angie. Hey, hey, how you doing? This is producer Dave in sitting in for Angie today. She couldn't make it, but we could not pass up the opportunity to talk to these guys. Today, we're talking to some very, very special people who are on a mission all the way across the United States. These are the Ula guys, Dave Braun and Troy Omdahl. Did I say that right, Troy? You got it. Cool, cool. So um, these guys, uh, I mean, this is a really, really important thing. I'm actually really curious about the name, so I'm going to get to that in a second. But uh, they came into the studio. They're on a cross-country trip teaching people more than happiness, right? Is that what it is? Not like a, it's to not pursue happiness, but pursue what, what you call the Ula life? We, we talk about if you pursue Ula, you will find happy along the way many times. And where does this name Ula come from? What is that? You know, what is that word? The, the definition of Ula is it's a state of awesomeness when your life is balanced and growing in these seven key areas of life. And when you feel like your life is balanced and you feel like the stress is being lifted, a financial stress or marital stress or toxic friends, you feel ooh-la-la. -la. And that's where the word uh -huh. came from okay. way back in the day. <laughs> it comes from ooh-la-la, -la, baby, because that's what you feel like. That's funny. Okay. Um, okay. And then uh, where did this all come from? Like uh, you guys were telling me a little bit how it just kind of started, where you wrote a book just because you you felt like the stress of life was getting to you and you wanted to make a change? or You know, if you want to go way back, uh, I met Dr. Troy, the Ula Guru, in 1997. And he taught me, ooh, he taught me the principles about balancing and growing your life in these seven key areas. And back then it was just like goal setting meetings. And I'm like, goal setting sounds so boring. We got to give it another name. And that's where ooh, came from, the okay. ooh, la, la. And I started working on my life, getting outside my life and working on my life in these seven areas. Like, what do I really want for my finances? What do I want for my family life? What kind of dad do I want to be? What kind of husband? What do I want to have for fun in my life? What do I want to do for retirement? Like, what do I want? It was the first time looking at my life from the outside. And by following the principles of understanding where I was in these seven areas, where I want my life to go, and how I was going to get there, I found success in my late 20s. 
and I was living my ULA life perfectly. Dr. Troy moved over to Seas at the time, and I just started to drift from the principles of ULA, and I found myself at the bottom. I was going through a divorce, 2008, 2009, 2010, lost my business, uh, lost my house, all the cool cars were repossessed, and, and I was like, okay, so I gotta start over. So I reached out to Dr. Troy, and at the same time, as being the ULA guru, he's 42, retired, married 20-some years, running Ironman, and I'm living in a motel. And I'm like, dude, we need to, I need to get my life fixed. And he said, follow the principles of ULA and let's get you off the bottom. And I told him at that time, if this works, we're going to write a book about it. We're going to tell the world about it. And he's like, cool, just get out of your mom's crappy car in your motel. <laughs> and then we can talk about writing a book. Cool. But it's not necessarily about having a good job or nice cars or a big house or anything like that. It's more about the attitude inside, right? And that that's what brings you to these things is that is am i understanding that correctly yeah the most beautiful thing about ula is your ula is your ula meaning we're traveling around in this bus collecting dreams we're not telling people what their dreams should be there's enough people like spouses and counselors and neighbors and society telling you how to live your life this isn't about that this is saying you're designed for something amazing a unique purpose not a random purpose something great something extraordinary and all we're telling you is tap into that what, is, what are your dreams for your business? If it's just to put a roof over your head and food on the table, that's cool. But some people want to be a millionaire. We're not judging any of that. We're saying, what is the thing that your heart's telling you that you want financially? What is the thing your heart's telling you want in a relationship? What do you want your marriage and family life to look like? That's, that's what we're telling people. It's like, hey, this is your ULA life. And your ULA life, is as we look at that bus that is eight layers thick in handwritten dreams, those dreams are unique. You look at the financial, the, the green dreams, they're different. You look at the family ones, they're different. You look at what people want to do for fun, it's different. And that's what's so beautiful about this process is I, I believe we're homogenized into this path of if you have 1.6 kids and you live in this neighborhood and drive this car and go to this vacation, you'll be happy. And that's just not the way it is. In fact, it's a, an incredible disconnect. We were talking to someone this morning, and her ultimate dream, she was in a corporate job, was to buy a donkey and some land in Wyoming. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. It's not mine, yeah. um, but that's hers, and that's what was her dream. And that's all we're telling people to do is don't lose sight of that. Reconnect to the dreams you have in these seven key areas and then boldly go get them. Right, right. And uh, you mentioned the van. I just want to tell our listeners that haven't seen it, you can go to Angie's Facebook page and see a picture of the van. It's really cool. It's uh, was a 67? 1970. 70. So yeah. it's a 1970 VW bus completely covered with stickers, and you called them dreams. And they're like a, almost like a promise to yourself that you stick on the side of the bus, that you get a sign and say whatever, and then it, it'll travel the country with you guys. Is that right? That, that's exactly what it is. And how that all came about was I started getting my ULA back, and Dr. Troy said, okay, are we going to write a book or what? You're going to write this book. And he also said at the same time, he goes, I'm not coming out of retirement. I'll never go on tour with you. I'm never going to speak on stages, but I'll, <laughs> I'll help you write this book. Well, we didn't know that first book, ULA, Find Balance and Unbalanced World, was going to take off like it did hit international bestseller. And, and that led to... Instead of, instead of us just telling people, like, let's commit to that one thing, that ULA one, that one thing in your life, to start that domino effect in your life, instead of them coming to events like ULA Palooza to do that, Troy said, let's go to the people. Let's just, he, I'm like, cool, I'm all in. Let's go to the people, man. Let's go donut shops, coffee shops. Let's go across the country, like the ultimate road trip. Let's do it. And then he said, we're going to do it in 1970s VW bus. I was thinking like a Prevost, right? Like this is going to be, I'm going to be in the back, like playing PlayStation. <laughs> and actually I'm in the, you know, the co-pilot seat running the GPS and no air, no heat, 55 miles an hour. But it's, it's the most amazing way to see the country. And it's the most amazing way to meet people is because when you hand them a Sharpie and a sticker and you say, what's your dream for your life? 
a lot of people just gloss over because they really don't know they've lost they've lost touch they're running kids for soccer they're trying to pay bills they're trying to work on their relationships and sure. they've just lost touch of what they want for their life sure sure and finding that purpose and yourself is so, so important i mean i know that we talk about this with angie a lot um because i think a lot of our listeners kind of connect to that and kind of you know, we're all here for something. We're all here to do something, but sometimes we don't know what that is. And really, if you've got to focus on yourself and your relationship with the world around you just to figure that out even. Yeah, I mean, that that's the whole point of this is reconnecting people to their unique purpose. But they can't see it. In the society we're living in now, it's hard to see your purpose through all the clutter. There's just it's through social media, through debt, through toxic relationships. What happens, all of, the, all of your attention is on that, and it's not on what, what your unique purpose is. And that's why we love this platform, because on this bus, there's so much news that's negative out there. When you're on this bus and you reconnect and you see a light go off in someone's eye, that that's what I want for my life. It's hopeful. You have hope for when you're on a bus and you slow it down in the right lane and you meet people and actually take the time to talk to people you wouldn't talk to otherwise, you actually have more hope for this world than, than I've ever had in my whole life, because we live in our little lane of our neighborhood and the people we hang out with in our job and our church whatever it is and we don't step outside that lane we're meeting all different types of people that we would never talk to if we weren't in that bus and it's incredibly inspiring to us as in, as just guys to meet people in Colorado in Tennessee in Florida in Minnesota in California and just talk to them about their dreams because that's what connects us all is inside of all of us is something unique and all we want to do is reconnect them to that Right, and you guys were actually in Birmingham, Alabama, too, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, something like that? Birmingham was a blast. Yeah, we were just back in Birmingham a couple weeks ago. Uh, we hung out there for a couple days. We had a great event there at, a, like, a brewery, something like that, and then we went to Gardendale High School and spoke in their gym to all their students, I think sophomore, junior, seniors, had a police escort onto the football field. I mean, you can't beat that. Normally, the police are behind us. And we actually <laughs> followed a police car with his lights on. Never done that before. And went onto the football field, and 1,000, 1,100 students came out there and put their dreams on the bus. And what That's a great awesome. opportunity for kids at 17, 18 years old, ready to go to school to say, all right, start thinking about, do I want to accumulate financial aid debt? Do I want to accumulate student loan debt? Do I, what do I want for my life? And what do I want for my relationships? It was such a cool experience. So Birmingham was great. We loved That's Birmingham. cool. Yeah, one of the places we – we are from Denver, but one of the, our affiliates is down in Birmingham. Sure. So we love it down there. It's, it's such a beautiful place to be. Uh, but it does seem like you've been getting a really big response to this, right? You guys have been, people are responding really well to it. Yeah, I does think that seem I, right? I believe everyone asks us what it is about ULA. There's like a million people following this this movement, this movement for positive change. A million. Yeah, and all the social media, media platforms, following the bus, following just what's going on. It's just a community of people. And that's, again, what's so inspiring is, is we've tapped into a nerve that these principles are timeless. We're just telling people to look at your area and these, look at your life in these seven key areas. Where, be honest with where you are right now, have a clear vision of where you want to go, and take action toward that every day. It's not any more complicated than that. This is a 260-page book. That most of the book is inspiring stories that will push you along your journey, but these concepts are simple, and people are reconnecting to that. All right, so what are, uh, you just said seven key principles or philosophies or something like that? Yeah, and this goes back to what Dr. Troy taught me in 1997, and it was in the first book, Ula, Fine Balance, Unbalanced World, is whether you know it or not, everyone listening, every listener right now listening to this is balancing seven areas of life. You're balancing your fitness, which is your health. You're balancing your finances, which is your income, your budget, your debt, giving, saving. You're budgeting fitness, finance, family life, field, which is your career. You're balancing faith, 
um, friends and fun. So you're balancing that. You're balancing all these relationships with your friends. You're balancing how much fun you should have every day. You're having too much fun. You're 40 in your mom's basement playing PlayStation. It's a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Or you haven't done anything since you had kids 20 years ago. So you're balancing these seven areas all the time. And what Ula says is just step outside your life for a minute. Look at these seven areas and say, what areas are causing a lot of stress in my life? What areas need a little work to find more balance and more peace in my life? And when you start to balance that out, that's when you feel ooh-la-la. That's when you feel the ooh-la life. That's, that's beautiful. I, I find that oftentimes the, our life can get really complicated, and the answer is typically very simple. And I love that you guys are focusing on that. I, I think that a lot of people can connect to that because... You know, you think that you need to go see Tony Robbins or you have to go see, do all these things and, you know, be actualize yourself and be the best you could be. But really, all you have to do is focus on yourself and balance. It's all about balance. And it really, that's the process that we've simplified to the point. We do book signings in big bookstores and there's whole sections based upon personal development. At the core of ULA, it says you're designed for greatness. That's in, in some unique purpose. There are these seven areas. Dave just mentioned that we need to balance and grow called the seven F's of ULA. There are seven what are called ULA blockers in the book. These are the things that get in our way. If anybody's listening and has set a goal and they haven't achieved it, it lives in section three of this book, which is like fear, guilt, anger, self-sabotage, straight up laziness, envy. These are the things that if you set a goal, it can get in the way. Then it goes and talks about accelerators like love and humility and wisdom and integrity that will get you your ULA life faster. And the book ends with three simple steps. Where am I today? Where do I want to go? And how am I, go how am I going to get there in all seven areas? And it's, that's really the whole book, like seven areas, seven things that get in the way, seven things that will get you there faster, and three steps, three steps to get there. That's awesome. Well, uh, so, I mean, obviously you want people to go get the book. That's probably the best way. Right. And uh, where's the book available? Just on the website? Yeah, Amazon? Ev actually everywhere. Uh, we, our first book was self-published and the people, the original publishers of Chicken Soup for the Soul he heard what we were doing and signed us for a multi-book deal. So now the beautiful thing for us is our books everywhere. Every Barnes and Noble, Amazon, 150 airports. I mean, our book went from a back of a bus to you can find it everywhere. So that, that's been amazing. Also, there's great free information at ulalife.com. If you can't see the bus in person, we're on a mission to collect a million dreams. And we do that. You can go online and submit a dream. Someone from our team will handwrite the dream on a sticker and slap it on our bus because we feel that's how we're going to change the world is if everyone commits to that one sticker and their life becomes better, they're going to put off a light that's going to inspire the people around them to do the same. And that's how this is going to happen. Yeah, that kind of happiness is contagious, you think? Absolutely. And uh, how many... Uh, how many dreams are you at? Do you know? Are you? We're about you eight close? layers thick on the. No, we're not close to a million yet. <laughs> we just got rolling here. Um, the online thing just came up a couple weeks ago, but we're right around thirty to thirty-five thousand dreams. Wow, that's amazing! Which is, how which many is lives eight you layers on that bus. So to put that into perspective, like to scale, if these these stickers are about two inches across, so you cover that bus eight times. It's it's, it's getting soft and spongy. In yeah, the middle. yeah, I noticed but that when I was it, taking the photos. Yeah, it's awesome. So a million is going to be interesting to see what that looks like. Okay, so uh, so we have about five minutes left. What do you think the most important thing that uh, you want my listeners to take away from listening to you guys and just kind of taking their first step? Like, what's the first step towards the ULA life? I think this is a question that Troy and I should both answer because I think we'll probably have a little different answers just sure. because we're two dudes experiencing this tour, you know, in the same way, but like different ways. So um, my thing is starting is just starting with your design for greatness and a purpose, like starting with that. So many people don't even feel worthy of that at this point. You run a, you know, you hand someone a Sharpie and sticker and they don't feel worthy of their dreams anymore. Simply starting with that, like you are designed for greatness and a purpose and your story matters. And then 
following the principles of looking at your life, taking time. You're worth it. It's not selfish to take time away from the craziness of life. It's very selfless to take a minute or two and just look at your life and say, okay, where am I in these seven areas? And where can I do better and be better to get to my ge- my dreams? And then knowing you're going to run into these little blockers like self-sabotage, I'm not worthy, and work through the process of overcoming those. And I, I would say... I would say in seeing people succeed and achieving their dreams, they're two things. They're, they're disciplined and they're emotional. I mean, it's not like I would like to be debt-free or I wish my marriage were better or I, w- I wish I were having more fun in life. It's like the, we call it a healthy level of disgust. Like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of talking about this or feeling the weight of these, these student loans or the second mortgage. It's, it's over. I, I make too much money to be this broke or I've been married too long to be this miserable. We did an event and we had to look up studies that 55% of the people go to a job they hate and 53% of marriages end in divorce. And we were chatting about that. Like you drive, you're kidding me. This is your life. Like for society, you're driving to a job you hate, coming home to a spouse you can't stand and doing that every day and then calling that a life. And that's what we're saying. It can be so much more than that, but it's going to take effort and a conscious vision of what you want for your life. And I have to, I have to like add one thing to that too. It's just like if, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, man, I'm driving to my job I can't stand right now and I don't like my wife or my husband. You're right. I would say that there's, it's cha- you can change. I mean, it's just like you, it's kind of the old Nike thing. Like you can do it. Like you can do it. I mean, no matter how deep down, you know, how bad your life was, I was living in a motel and going through the craziness of life, feeling totally alone. Like no one else on the planet could possibly be going through a divorce, losing their house. It's not possible. And what I find on the bus is that there's a lot of people that are going through one of those areas or they're failing in all seven right now, but there's hope and you have to keep hope and you have to keep digging and you have to hustle to get out. Right, right. We actually talk about this stuff a lot on the show. Um, uh, My personal story is I was in the restaurant business for 25 years and I was miserable. I mean, I have student debt and um, I mean, I have a beautiful family. This is the highlight of my of my life. And I got this new job and I didn't realize how it was going to impact me. And I meet these people and I had given up on my dreams and I meet these people there. You know, uh, Beatrice Bruno is one of our regulars. She's uh, the drill sergeant of life. And she just wrote a book, went on a national tour for her book. She's 50 something years old 50 plus years old and she didn't write she wanted to be a writer since she was a little kid and it was just that little things it's that little tiny thing that switches and i started writing again my book will be ready by the fall and you know it's like little things like that it's it's this weird idea that all it takes is a change of attitude and i think i just find that to be so powerful well when we we're in a studio and we look at you and your eyes let up when you talk about this that's what we want everyone to do everyone has something it may be writing it may be photography it may be whatever a great family life it may be debt whatever it is when you attach to that just boldly go get that Right. Wow. You guys are great. I'm so glad you got a, got an opportunity to stop by. I know you're, you were really busy. We only got about a one minute left. So uh, why don't you tell everybody um, like uh, maybe a Facebook page or a website or something so that everyone can start looking and find you guys and so that they can start on this path too. Yeah, great place to connect. And we're building a community of people who just support each other in this process of, of personal development is uh, ulalife.com and facebook.com slash ulalife. Right, right. And uh, your uh, PR person told me you have about 700,000 followers. That's unbelievable. Yeah. All organic. It's been amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you guys in Thanks here. For us. Uh, yeah, this is the Ula guys, Dave Braun and Troy Omdahl. And, uh, you know, thanks. Keep spreading the word. Keep doing the good work, guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, thank brother. You. Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies. 
but I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA the Rockies. YMCA the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things. It shaped who I am today. It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA The Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. How would you like to help people of the differently abled community just by donating the things in your house? Yes, I'm talking about ARC. And guess what? You don't even have to take them to ARC. I go there and I shop with a purpose all the time and I buy all kinds of great stuff and it helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities within our own community. But guess what? They'll come right to your door and pick up your stuff. I have them come about every month or two and I just put everything out of my driveway, put a little note that says ARC on it and they come right to my house and pick it up. And believe me, it makes me feel good to know that I'm helping some of my friends out in the community. So let's tell you how to do this, okay? Call 303-238-JANE. That's 303-238-5263. And they'll come right to your house and they'll pick up all your donations. And don't forget to shop at ARC. It's shopping with a purpose. I get all kinds of stuff for my kids there. Clothes, sporting equipment, boots, gloves, baseballs, bats, basketballs, you name it. Check out arc again shopping with a purpose and they'll come pick up your items 303-238-JANE welcome back to the good news angie austin here today we are raising awareness about copd which is the third leading cause of death joining us is dr puntieri uh, and dr tony puntieri uh, and he is the program director in the division of lung diseases with the nih welcome doctor thank you thank you for having me All right, so third leading cause of death, and a lot of us don't understand what it is. So first explain COPD and how many people are affected. Sure. Uh, COPD is is the short form of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, a mouthful there too, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a a complex lung disease, and it's a progressive lung disease. And what it does, uh, it it keeps going, and it it basically ends up taking your breath away, literally. Uh, it is, that, as you mentioned, the third leading cause of death. That means that in the United States, it kills more than 145,000 people a year these days, which is a staggering amount. And it affects more than 16 million Americans. We think uh, 16 have been diagnosed, and we think millions more have the disease but do not know about it. All right, Because so, the disease is sneaky. Yeah. It well, comes upon you slowly. That's, that's the, 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 the worst part of it. Well, let's talk about what, what do you do if you have COPD? What should you do? Well, uh, if you have COPD, but first of all, you need to know that you have yes. COPD. I would say that that's step number one. And, and that's why we, we uh, in collaboration with all the stakeholders involved in the disease, thought there was about time to come down with a blueprint that would empower people which have the disease or that are at risk of developing the disease 
to come out in front of their doctor and, and bring the topic uh, for discussion. And at the same time, we also knew that the doctors are, are not uh, ready to have this dialogue. And so one of the goals of, of, of the COPD National Action Plan that we just launched uh, this past May is to help uh, the, the healthcare provider to, to deliver the, the quality of care and to start the conversation that the COPD patients need. So you've got the action plan. It was just developed in May. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about it? Um, you know, who, who developed it and if there's, you know, more that's going to be added into this, uh, like the next stage of the uh, COPD national action plan? Sure. Sure. Uh, we just released it, but it, it took the work of almost two years uh, to come out with it. And uh, this was prompted by, by a request from Congress and to NIH, to the National Institutes of Health, and uh, to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. Mm-hmm. We worked together and gathered uh, uh, everybody that was interested in the diseases, starting with the patients, which are uh, one of the fundamental points of the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, the plan is not top down it's it's coming from the base and it reflects the needs of the patients their caregivers this this is as you understood a, a disease that takes a big toll on, on the patients but also on their families uh, because of, of its progression because of the progression inability the fact that the patients get more and more, and more isolated uh, under a societal point of view and uh, of its economical cost uh, the, the, those amounts in terms of deaths and uh, people affected reflect also a staggering total cost of about $50 billion in 2010. You mentioned the isolation. Is that because it's more difficult to go out and do things because the breathing is uh, compromised and they're weak? Correct. Uh, Weak is is, uh, definitely one one good word for that. Uh, What happens is that it's so slow that, that progressively people reduce their activity uh, not really realizing that. So they think it's just, oh, it's because I'm getting old. Again, CPD affects more people in, in, in their uh, 40s, uh, above their 40s. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, of course, they reduce their activity. Maybe they take less walks. Maybe they they, they play less golf. Uh, and on, on the other side, uh, it, it can be so impairing that at a certain point they cannot even take care of themselves. They cannot do a house chores. They cannot, they cannot even bathe on their own. That's why then there is a reflection of who's going to help them with, with the disease. Or if people want to get more information or get involved, how do they do so? Well, uh, uh, we we have a, a, a wonderful website, uh, and we meaning NIH, and the website is copd.nih.gov. Again, copd.nih.gov. And here, not only you can find the plan, you can download it, you can print it, but there is also plenty of material about the disease, links to other sites that, that explain the terminology, that, that gives you uh, a quick study uh, um, uh, ways of, 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 of learning about it and, and things you can do about it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Doctor. A lot of good information. Thank you. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.